This is Ham College, episode 102, for June 30th, 2023. Ham College is brought to you by ICOM. From base stations to portable models, ICOM has the best radio for working your favorite bands this summer. Whether outside enjoying sunny skies or inside by the AC, stay cool with ICOM. Good evening. Welcome to another episode of Ham College. I'm Professor Thomas. And I'm generally cheap. And Dean Martin is on tour in the British Isles this, this go around, so he won't be with us tonight, but that's okay. The general here is going to keep it cheap for us. And that's a good thing because we got some, I don't know, moderately, yeah, there you go. The old mug without the handle. I've got one just like that. <laughs> it doesn't say that, though. I, actually, I have an Amateur Logic and a Ham College mug here. Well, it's like half a ham sandwich now because the letters have started rubbing off. But, hey, this mug has been used a lot of times now. It's got some mileage on it. It does. High mileage mug. So what did we talk about on last month's episode? Um, I'm I'm thinking it's something to do with the extra exam, and that's about as far as I can take that, George. <laughs> yeah, it just occurred to me uh, that very thought as I asked the question. Well, since you were sleeping through the last episode, I can tell you we talked about AC waveforms, sine and square waves, and irregular waveforms, AC measurements, average power and PEP of RF signals, Fourier analysis, analog to digital conversion, digital to analog conversion, advantages of digital communication. So it was a real mouthful last month. (laughs) You got any idea what we're talking about this month? Uh, You know... I have been studying the uh, for the extra exam for myself, so I'm thinking it's going to continue along some of those uh, same paths with some other trigonometry, maybe, and some some uh, other topics along those same lines. Maybe digital, maybe uh, different uses of um, methods. That's a generic answer. <laughs> okay. Well, to be more specific, I would say uh, modulation and demodulation, modulation methods, modulation index, and deviation ratio, frequency and time division multiplexing, orthogonal frequency division multiplexing. Orthowaddle? Yeah. Let's jump into this, Professor. What is the modulation index of an FM signal? A, the ratio of frequency deviation to the modulating signal frequency. B, the ratio of modulating signal amplitude to frequency deviation. C, 
the type of modulation used by the transmitter. Or D, the bandwidth of the transmitted signal divided by the modulating signal frequency. Hmm. Hmm. Good point. Uh, what is the modulation index of an FM signal? Well, I'll start at the bottom. The bandwidth of the transmitted signal divided by the modulating signal frequency. Now, I don't think that would tell you much about um, the modulation index or... That wouldn't even tell you how much modulation. C, the type of modulation used by the transmitter. We know it's an FM signal, so um, I don't think that was, I don't think we even needed to know that. I think we already knew it. Um, B, the ratio of modulating signal amplitude to frequency deviation. Sounds mm. possible. Or A, the ratio of frequency deviation to modulating signal frequency. I'm going to say it's that. I'm going to say it's A, the ratio of the frequency deviation to modulating signal frequency. You know, the chat room, there's some mix between A and D. So let's see uh, if the professor's got the students. There you go. And it's A. So, uh, Professor prevails. Yeah, there's some there's some trickery in there, wording-wise. You could see, you know, I, I I could say I probably know this one only because I've been studying recently. But that's, uh, if you look at that second one, you know, they put that amplitude in there, and they're talking about FM. Yep. So you got to watch those words. For sine wave modulation, the modulation index is seen to be the ratio of the peak frequency deviation of the carrier wave to the frequency of the modulating sine waves. How does the modulation index of a phase modulated emission vary with the RF carrier frequency? A. It increases as the RF carrier frequency increases. B, it decreases as the RF carrier frequency increases. C, it varies with the square root of the RF carrier frequency. Or D, it does not depend on the RF carrier frequency. Okay. How does the modulation index of a phase modulated emission vary with the RF carrier frequency? Okay. So... I've uh, looked at some of these. I've looked at some of these on my little SDR Play Duo for sure to know enough. I think uh, I might know this one, and I'll see. It increases as the you know A and B are kind of uh, inverse ways of looking at things. You know, telling you it increases mm-hmm. if this decreases, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't. I don't think it's those. And it varies with the square root of RF carrier frequency just sounds crazy to me in general. Yeah. So I'm I'm going with D because, like I said, I don't remember seeing that carrier frequency on what I was looking at changing at all. Or, well, I, I don't remember seeing it changing frequency. Okay. Enough. Enough. Okay. 
So I'm going with D. Well, that's what all the cool kids in the chat room are saying. Oh, that's some cool kids in the chat room. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you. I think it's D as well. Woo-hoo. There you go. You got some explaining to do on that one? Um, You know, if the modulation is the phase... Um, uh, mod- if the, mod- the if the phase is what's being modulated, you know, all you're going to do is change in that zero to 360 degree range within that hertz. So I don't think it's going to be uh, changing the frequency of the RF carrier, and I don't think they're dependent. Yeah, that's not, the way I look at it. What do not, you think? It's varying the frequency or the phase of it, but not enough to really say we're varying the frequency. You know, we're we're, we're moving it out. It's just shifting the phase, same type of modulation, just like a very, very weak FM. Or you could say, uh, well, yeah, let's just go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get in trouble. Yeah. What is the modulation index of an FM phone signal having a maximum frequency deviation of 3,000 hertz, either side of the carrier frequency? When the modulating frequency is 1,000 hertz, A, 3, B, 0.3, C, 3,000, or D, 1,000. All right, let me ask that question again to myself. What is the modulation index of an FM phone signal having a maximum frequency deviation of 3,000 hertz? Either side of the carrier frequency when the modulating frequency is 1,000 hertz. All right, so we're we're shifting, or the deviation goes out three kilohertz on either side. That means our bandwidth is six kilohertz. Well, we don't need to, we only need to know about one side band here, and that's that's going to be 3,000 hertz. So there is a formula to to figure this stuff out with. We're going to take the frequency deviation, which is how much yep. one sideband changed. Uh, it was 3,000, right? 3,000. And then we're going to divide that by the highest modulating frequency, which was 1,000. Yep. And that says 3. The answer is 3. Look and at that. Is. Look at that. Math. Easy enough. No square roots involved, no trigonometry. No squirrels. No squirrels. Nope. Very minor ciphering indeed. So I have a similar question for you. Uh, I have a feeling you may you may be able to figure this one out. Well, Considering we're doing math and you gave us the formula, yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, it helps, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. You just some, I guess sometimes you got to put the pieces together, and you know they might word things a little different. Yeah, you know they they try to trick you up a little bit just to make sure you're on your toes here. So always pay attention to those yeah. wording. What is the modulation index of an FM phone signal having a maximum carrier deviation of plus or minus six kilohertz? When modulated with a two kilohertz modulating frequency, A at six thousand, or B three, or C two thousand, or D one third, one over three, 
That's an interesting answer. Mm-hmm. I think I can rule that one out right off the bat. Um, and now, so let me pull up my cheap calculator here and do the uh, cheap math. The cheaper later. The cheaper later, and yeah. So I'm saying it's going to be six thousand divided by two thousand, which is going to be. B, three. Three. Well, if your ciphering is correct, I'm going to agree it is B. The chat room is saying B. You're right. There you go. It is B, three. It's all about knowing them formulas. Yep. And which number to put on what side of the divider. What is the deviation ratio of an FM phone signal having a maximum frequency swing of plus or minus 5 kilohertz when the maximum modulation frequency is 3 kilohertz. A, 60. B, 0.167, I believe. Yeah, 0.167. C, 0.6. R, D, 1.67. We had uh, a plus or minus 5 kilohertz with a maximum modulating frequency of 3 kilohertz. Yep. So I'm going to say that's 5,000 divided by 3,000. Hmm. 1.666666. So if we round that off, that's going to uh, give us 1.67D. Hmm. I say hmm. it's D. That's what they're saying over in the chat room yep it says frequency deviation not modulation index what is the deviation ratio mm. well they're giving you the swing and they use that term this time too deviation and swing if you notice yep yep 1.67 Get that the formula still works. Yep. The deviation ratio of an FM phone signal. Deviation ratio. Modulation index. Hmm. Yeah. Could it be that the two are synonymous? I'm thinking you might be onto something. Yeah. Ratio is something over something, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is the deviation ratio of an FM phone signal having a maximum frequency swing of plus or minus 7.5 kilohertz with a maximum modulating frequency of 3.5 kilohertz? Is it A, 2.14? Or B, 0.214? Or C, 0.47? Or D, 47? My cheap calculator says 2.14A when putting 7.5 over 3.5 or 7,500 over 3,500. Okay. So, so you're saying A. Yeah. It, the calculator hopefully doesn't lie to me. Well, let me just say Dean Martin is in the chat room over there. And he says, looking at the questions, it seems he picked a good day to miss class. <laughs> So, I'm going to agree help, with you. Help me. 
Yeah. The chat <laughs> chat room's all agreeing with you. I mean, hey, so far, you're batting 100. There you go. Hey, Mom. <gasps> yes, you. Why fuss and fret about dinner? Why not have it right here? Yes, this drive-in offers everyone in the family a real picnic treat for dinner. We've got delicious sandwiches with all the trimmings and your other dinner favorites, plus whatever you want to drink, hot or cold. Come early before the show starts, or eat while you're being entertained, or at intermission time. So why fuss? Give your family a tasty dinner at this drive-in. From base stations to portable models, ICOM has the best radio for working your favorite bands this summer. Whether outside enjoying sunny skies or inside by the A.C., stay cool with ICOM. It's time for WRTC 2022. ICOM America is proud to be the first platinum-level sponsor of this worldwide contesting event. July 7th through 9th in Bologna, Italy, teams from all over the world will compete to be the best team in the world for the next four years. Be sure to get on the air and work as many WRTC stations as possible. Coinciding with WRTC 2022 is the 2023 IARU HF World Championship, July 8th through 9th, beginning at 1200 UTC Saturday and ending at 1200 UTC Sunday. Both single and multi-operator stations may operate for the entire 24-hour period. All licensed amateurs worldwide are eligible to participate. Explore the world of microwave with ICOM's new SHF Portable, the IC905. This all-mode rig covers 2 meters, 70 centimeters, 1.2 gigahertz, 2.4 gigahertz, 5.6 gigahertz, and with an optional CXG10 transverter, 10 gigahertz. This transceiver also has a few industry firsts up its belt. It's the first to support the five major global bands from VHF to SHF. The first power over Ethernet powered RF module designed to be at the base of the antenna to eliminate signal loss and the first to be compatible with amateur TV in analog FM mode. Other features include large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time high-speed spectrum scope and waterfall display, easy digital mode settings, supplied high-performance GPS antenna, full D-Star functions for DV and DD mode, and an SD card slot. Aim higher and enter the world of SHF. The ICOM IC7300 is a high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design that will far exceed your expectations. This innovative HF transceiver digitizes RF before various receiver stages, reducing the generated inherent noise in different IF stages. This is the radio that chains away entry-level HF has designed. RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, and SD memory card slot. The real HF fun starts here. Create your own band opening with the IC9700. This radio brings direct sampling to the UHF-VHF weak signal world. The IC9700 is an all-mode transceiver loaded with innovative features that are sure to keep you busy. Expect top performance on field day with ICOM's IC9700. The IC7610 is the SDR every ham wants. This high-performance SDR can pick out faint signals in the presence of stronger adjacent signals. 
The ICOM 7610 is a direct sampling, software-defined radio that's changed the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. RF direct sampling, 110 dB RMDR independent dual receiver, and dual digicell. For more information about all the great ICOM radios, visit icomamerica.com slash amateur. From base stations to portable models, ICOM has the best radio for working your favorite bands this summer. Whether outside enjoying sunny skies or inside by the A.C., stay cool with ICOM. It's time for WRTC 2022. ICOM America is proud to be the first platinum-level sponsor of this worldwide contesting event. July 7th through 9th in Bologna, Italy, teams from all over the world will compete to be the best team in the world for the next four years. Be sure to get on the air and work as many WRTC stations as possible. Coinciding with WRTC 2022 is the 2023 IARU HF World Championship, July 8th through 9th, beginning at 1200 UTC Saturday and ending at 1200 UTC Sunday. Both single and multi-operator stations may operate for the entire 24-hour period. All licensed amateurs worldwide are eligible to participate. Explore the world of microwave with ICOM's new SHF Portable, the IC905. This all-mode rig covers 2 meters, 70 centimeters, 1.2 gigahertz, 2.4 gigahertz, 5.6 gigahertz, and with an optional CXG10 transverter, 10 gigahertz. This transceiver also has a few industry first up its belt. It's the first to support the five major global bands from VHF to SHF. The first power over Ethernet powered RF module designed to be at the base of the antenna to eliminate signal loss and the first to be compatible with amateur TV in analog FM mode. Other features include large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time high-speed spectrum scope and waterfall display, easy digital mode settings, supplied high-performance GPS antenna, full D-Star functions for DV and DD mode, and an SD card slot. Aim higher and enter the world of SHF. The ICOM IC7300 is a high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design that will far exceed your expectations. This innovative HF transceiver digitizes RF before various receiver stages, reducing the generated inherent noise in different IF stages. This is the radio that changed the way entry-level HF is designed. RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, and SD memory card slot. The real HF fun starts here. Create your own band opening with the IC9700. This radio brings direct sampling to the UHF-VHF weak signal world. The IC9700 is an all-mode transceiver loaded with innovative features that are sure to keep you busy. Expect top performance on field day with ICOM's IC9700. The IC7610 is the SDR every ham watts. This high-performance SDR can pick out faint signals in the presence of stronger adjacent signals. The ICOM 7610 is a direct sampling, software-defined radio that's changed the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. RF direct sampling, 110 dB RMDR independent dual receiver, and dual digicell. 
For more information about all the great ICOM radios, visit icomamerica.com slash amateur. And here is G.I. Joe with Kung Fu Grip. G.I. Joe has hands that grip. Fingers you hold open and let close. Hands that hold on with a Kung Fu Grip. The grip you help Joe use in self-defense. G.I. Joe with Kung Fu Grip. The hands that grip. Wow. With Kung Fu Grip. Yep. Gotta have that Kung Fu Grip, man. <laughs> and a couple of Chuck Norris look-alikes to spark, yeah. you know. That beard, man. Yep. <laughs> what do you say we give away something? It sounds like a plane. I just happen to have Dean Martin's favorite T-shirt right here. You know how Dean is. He always likes to look his best, whether he's coming or going. <laughs> and so we're going to give away one of these. I'm going to just kind of like pile it up here. but uh, So it might be a little wrinkled. How could somebody win that, Emil? Um. I'm thinking they could probably have emailed you or email you in the future at hamcollege at amateurlogic.tv. That would be a good way to do it. And before... I was going to say, and in some kind of way with magic and numbers and math, something happens. Random numbers, no less. (laughs) I'm not sure if math is actually involved in that. (laughs) Yeah, it's a question for another day. But anyway, we draw a random number among the winner or the number of entries and come up with a winner. And I've got one right here from said winner. And this one actually wrote a note in here. Sometimes they don't really write anything much in there. All you got to really have is an email address and a name. But if you want to drop us a little note in there, you can. Not required. Uh, This one says KQ4AHL, working on my extra, but it's not making a lot of sense. I hope we can help out a little bit with that. I did not study with Ham College for my tech or general, so I have backed up and started watching those sessions in addition to studying for my extra. Hopefully, I will obtain some clarity and my confusion will be gone. You guys are great. This is from Linda. Sent from the all-new AOL app for iOS. I didn't even know such a thing existed. <laughs> uh, well, congratulations, Linda. You are this month's lucky winner of an ICOM swag package from ICOM and Ham College. You're going to get The shirt, you won't get a wrinkled up one. Jesse will send you a new one. Uh, And whatever else he stuffs in the box there. So thanks for entering. If if you'd like to win next month, because somebody's going to, might as well be you, drop us a line. Just send an email to hamcollege at amateurlogic.tv. Stick us a note in there or just say hi. Yeah, and I'm sorry in advance for being here and probably confusing you, Linda. Yeah, the dean the dean's usually here with much more clarity. Well, 
Sometimes. Sometimes there is very little clarity and much confusion. But, uh, you know, that's part of the study process. And this might create much debate here, but I'm going to go ahead and say orthogonal frequency division multiplexing is a technique used for which type of amateur communication? A, high-speed digital modes. B, extremely low-power contacts. C, EME. Or D, OFDM signals are not allowed on amateur bands. Uh, They are allowed on amateur bands, so we can rule that out. Uh, C, EME, Earth, Moon, Earth. Nah, I don't think that would be a good choice for that mode. B, extremely low power contacts. Mm, I think you want something super robust for extremely low power contacts. So that leaves us with high speed digital modes, which I believe that is the answer. Chat room? Yeah, they're all saying, well, they're not all saying, but most (laughs) of them are saying, hey, there's a little, uh, some different opinions on there. So I'm going to say it's A, A. A, A. (laughs) And it is. And it just so happens, and this this was not planned this way, but we happen to have an expert on digital communications Right in our midst tonight. You mentioned high-speed data modes as the answer, or digital modes, sorry. Just in case anybody doesn't know, if you've ever used the WinLink system or VAR-AC or the VARA HF modem, you are actually using OFDM, orthogonal frequency division multiplexing there. You can see that graphic in the middle of the screen where there's a bunch of frequencies that are kind of overlapping with each other. And this protocol, this particular protocol, negotiates based on the conditions up and down with multiple what they call subcarriers. So, yeah, Vara HF modem uses OFDM, if you didn't know that. And, you know, depending on conditions, this this protocol can rival Pactor 4. When we say high-speed digital modes, Professor, as you know... We're talking relative high speed, right? It's not anywhere near the uh, speeds of what we're used to on the Internet. But just to give you the idea here that those subcarriers with all of those uh, uh, overlapping, it's, you know, the system's able to work that out. And that is it, it. You can shove a whole lot of data carriers on an HF3K wide signal. And it will still get the data or the binary bits out of that using FFT or fast Fourier transforms. And anyway, I don't want to give away too much because there might be some other questions on this topic. Hmm. But just know that Vara FM, if you're using WinLink with the uh, Vara protocol and Var AC programs that use like the HF chat system, they use this OFDM. What describes? Orthogonal frequency division multiplexing. Is it A, a frequency modulation technique that uses non-harmonically related frequencies? B, a bandwidth compression technique used using Fourier transforms. 
C, a digital mode for narrowband slow-speed transmissions. Or D, a digital modulation technique using subcarriers at frequencies chosen to avoid intersymbol interference. Whew. That's a mouthful. Hmm. Okay. So, you know, A, uh, a frequency modulation technique that uses non-harmonically related frequency, that that could, I mean, that has potential. Well, I'll keep reading, though. Uh, a bandwidth compression technique that uses Fourier transfer. So I just mentioned FFTs in my last uh, thing there, but it's not, I don't think it's compression that's uh, involved here. Yeah. I think it's a, an array of signals, but we'll see. Let's see a digital mode for narrow band, slow speed transmissions. Again, that has potential but there's some wording there that i don't quite like um and d a digital modulation technique using subcarriers at frequencies chosen to avoid intersymbol interference so i'm definitely going with d definitely d because of the subcarriers and again some of the wording in the other ones compression i didn't like that a digital uh mode because it's not a mode, it's it's a technique. Um, so there's some wording here that uh, is a little tricky. So you just got to key on the ones that are definitely there, which I believe is D. D. Yeah, it's a little mixed in the chat room on that one there. But, uh, yeah, I think it's either A or D. Hmm. But, um, hmm. What's the A frequency modulation technique that you, I mean, that's, that's very, you know, they say non-harmonically related frequencies versus a modulating technique. So it's kind of making me wonder if they're trying to trick you up there. Yeah. Uh, subcarriers versus, versus non-harmonically related frequencies, you know, they, they do overlap each other. So, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to say D. Let's see if we're both wrong. Look out. There you go. Yeah, it, and again, this is pretty fresh on my mind just because I'm, I've been studying. A, I mean, almost sounds like, to me, that that sounds like a good candidate there. Nobody else said that, so... Obviously, my thinking was flawed on on that one, but uh, D. Yeah, I mean, all you want to do is put all those subcarriers in there and choose frequencies where they're not going to interfere with each other. Yeah, and I think that is the key word on this one, if you want to remember this for the exam, Mm -hmm. subcarriers. Subcarriers. Okay. That's like when you come back from Subway, right? Depends on if if it was a to-go order. All right. <laughs> Next one. And we take uh, we take no responsibility for the <laughs> cheap jokes. Speaking of pronunciation, there orthogonal, right? Ortha orthogonal is that dash over the a ah orthogonal. <laughs> yeah, I'm from Mississippi. I you know I'm not expected <laughs> to know how to pronounce that anyway. <laughs> All right. So the 
if you notice the definition is that it actually um, involving it's involving angles, right? Most of what we're talking about right now is phase oriented in some way. So I'm thinking this right angle that they're talking about is those subcarriers being oriented the way they are. Maybe I don't know. I'm guessing. Well, but that's the meaning of orthogonal and how to pronounce it right there. All right, and you got. In, According to Oxford, isn't that in Mississippi? <laughs> there is an Oxford. It's a little little north of here, so it's not quite up to the Mason-Dixon line, but it, you know, it's above I ten. Yeah, that's, that's... exactly, <laughs> and I and I twenty. <laughs> Getting on to another topic here, actually, the uh, you notice the the OFDM picture on the left there showing the overlapping subcarriers. You know, it's reading those peaks is what i'm guessing it's able to hit that and turn it into binary versus let's say just a uh fdm or what we might know as fdma which has that space in between them they're not overlapping basically so that's something to remember about ofdm and also not to get the uh, a lot of people mess up and call it odfm it has nothing to do with fm <laughs> It's it's actually OFDM, orthogonal frequency division multiplexing, and it's all about those overlapping subcharacters, subcarriers, like you see in this first diagram to the left. And we'll talk about the other ones a little bit later. What is deviation ratio? The ratio of audio modulating frequency to the center carrier frequency. B, the ratio of the maximum carrier frequency deviation to the highest audio modulating frequency. C, the ratio of the carrier center frequency to the audio modulating frequency. Or D, the ratio of the highest audio modulating frequency to the average audio modulating frequency. Well, let's just throw D out right away. Because uh, it's not a ratio between the modulating frequencies. We're talking about deviation ratio. How much are we deviating that carrier? So that wouldn't tell us anything about that. C, the ratio of the carrier center frequency to the audio modulating frequency. No. I mean, that would tell us what the audio modulating frequency would be, but it doesn't tell us how hard we're modulating that carrier. B, the ratio of the maximum carrier frequency deviation to the highest audio modulating frequency. I think that's it. But let's look at A, the ratio of the audio modulating frequency to the center carrier frequency. There again, that doesn't tell us anything if you're just looking at the center frequency and then you know you're modulating with 3,000 hertz. doesn't tell us how how much you're deviating it. You know, it just tells us what frequency you're deviating it with. I'm going to say B. Chat room? Yeah. A little mixed. What do you think, uh, General? I, what, I, what I think is, again, there's some very specifically chosen word treachery going on here between getting your head into AM and 
other things that might throw your mind off. But if you pay attention to the other questions and how they're wording, you would see we already answered this. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we have, and it's B. So yeah, yeah. So that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> treachery, wording treachery. What is frequency division multiplexing? Is it A, the transmitted signal jumps from band to band at a predetermined rate? Or B, two or more information streams are merged into a baseband, which then modulates the transmitter? C, the transmitted signal is divided into packets of information. Or D, two or more information streams are merged into a digital combiner, which then pulse position modulates the transmitter. Once again, here, you know, I, I'm, I'm chunking D out the window right off. There's too many big words in there. Yep, <laughs> I, I agree with you. Digital combiner, huh? Uh or a uh, pulse position modulates the transmission. Uh, yeah. No, not D. Um, the transmitted signal is divided into packets of information. More, more with the treachery for me, because I'm looking at the word packets thinking, uh-uh. Um, two or more information streams are merged into a baseband, which then modulates the transmitter. So baseband might throw some off, but I think it is this. I think that is the answer. Um, I think baseband is talking about the, uh, the signal itself, and then something else is making that change, and that's exactly what FDMA, if you remember our picture from our, uh, our FDM, showed multiple signals in that past uh, baseband that's modulating. So then A, transmitted signal jumps from band to band at predetermined rate. Well, that's spectrum hopping, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's not dividing a frequency. That's just right using maximum bandwidth, I guess. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. it's actually hopping from band yeah. to band. So that's, uh, I forget what the SSD maybe, Spectrum's Spread spectrum hopping or something. I forget what yeah, that term is. Yeah, I guess could be. So it, it also takes some understanding of what some of the other things are, too, as you're studying through it. But um, I think it's B, and that picture is burned in my head. I, I don't think... <laughs> I can see it right right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's <all> right. Yeah. <laughs> that picture, if you want to... Yeah, well, let's see what it is. B, is everybody in the chat room saying? Everybody's saying it's B, so I I got a feeling you're you're good on this one. Yeah. There you go. The top one shows what we just discovered here, where there's multiple signals that are on the same baseband that's modulating. So you got different subcarriers, but if you notice, unlike the one below it, they're not overlapping. Right. Right. So if you if you are really trying to save bandwidth that OFDM is uh, definitely a method to use. And that's exactly what they're trying to do with the OFDM and, you know, shove a whole bunch of digital into some uh, bad conditions on HF 
and and dig that digital information out. But the top one is what we just talked about. Frequency, division, multiplexing. You have a guard band, which means they're not overlapping. And it takes, obviously, you can see the same number of subcarriers there takes more frequency or bandwidth, yeah. right? Yeah, it's probably a little more robust. But if you're trying to go with a narrower bandwidth signal, or if you're wanting to pass more data in the same bandwidth, yeah, the o- OFDM method looks you, well. From there, I mean, it's much more data in a in a tiny amount. And and as far as what uses the top one here, I'm aware of. Um, I think it's what is the mode? Uh, both ICOM and Kenwood sell radios that do it. Um, the, the NXDN. Okay. The NXDN uses the FDMA type. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, signaling, and um, yeah, I'm sure there's others. Uh, I want to say I want to say C4FM might be a form of this as well. So, um, anyway, that's all I got to say about that. Okay, well that was uh, that was a good bit to say about it there, and uh, you know, the fact that it all made sense. That's like money in the bank right there that's that's bonus points uh francis said over in the chat room wasn't ofdm a method for getting 33.6 or 56k over a phone line it may have been i don't doubt that at all like the um uh some of the old modems back in the 80s right this is a lot of the tech we use on hf is that Mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah I mean, modulation is modulation. Bits is bits. Right. And they did use compression on those uh, bands, if I'm not mistaken. It was um, the, the all of the phone lines were like a 9.6K of bandwidth, if mm-hmm. I'm right. The POTS lines were 9.6K, and they shoved 56K on there. So you know there's some trickery going on there. Oh, no. And, I, don't, I don't think the POTS lines would do 9.6K. Okay. I think they were less. They were more like 4K. Okay. Or uh, I don't remember exactly. If Wayne was in the chat room, he could tell us exactly because he was a telephone man. But um, just from my memory, it seems like it was around 4K because we used to use it for a lot of remote broadcasts. So it. Uh, gotcha. And you could get 9600 baud down it. Yeah. Easy enough. I know they had. They kind of channelized it too, like you. They they were using some of control signals and yeah. So they you you might have only had a certain amount available to you unless you got a special type of line, right? Uh, yeah. I remember the ISDN lines too, like one twenty eight k, and the uh, from there it just went skyrocketed. Everyone had T ones and different protocols. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, back in in the old. Dial-up modem days. We're talking st- strictly an analog phone line, um, noise, uh, buzz, not buzz. not flat bandwidth, the bumps all <laughs> in it. You know, just uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> Messy, yes. Messy, yes. <laughs> and all that noise and hum and stuff would affect what you could connect to the BBS. What rate? So. Yeah. Oh, you remember? You remember the uh, negotiation? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know they would negotiate. Sometimes knock themselves down right in the middle of things, and especially yeah. if somebody picked up the, another line you had hanging off of it. 
Yep. Or if somebody <laughs> dialed in. Yeah. Well, that would hang you up. Yeah. <laughs> Call waiting. Yes. Yeah. Well, we got one more question tonight. And this one is, it sounds like the same question, but it's not. It isn't. More wording here. So pay mm-hmm. attention. This one's for you, Professor. What is digital time division multiplexing? A, two or more data streams are assigned to a discrete subcarriers on an FM transmitter. B, two or more signals are arranged to share discrete time slots of a data transmission. C, two or more data streams share the same channel by transmitting time of transmission as the subcarrier. Or D, two or more signals are quadrature modulated to increase bandwidth efficiency. Okay. This one, if you really study it, it's pretty easy to to answer, I think. First, what is time division multiplexing? Well, let's look at D. Two or more signals are quadrature modulated to increase bandwidth efficiency. That doesn't really have anything to do with dividing time. Uh, A, two or more data streams are assigned to discrete subcarriers on an FM transmitter. No. Um, That's a couple of subcarriers out there on a transmitter just on different frequencies. C, two or more data streams share the same channel by transmitting time of transmission as the subcarrier. I don't know how that would help anything. I don't even get why, well, I don't get that one as why they even put that there. B, two or more signals are arranged to share discrete time slots of a data transmission. That's your answer right there. Time division multiplexing. You're dividing the time of that transmission between two or more different channels or um, signals. You're sending it all on the same frequency, but... This guy gets a little slot, then the next guy gets a little slot, and then the next one are are repeating back and forth between them all. I'm going to say it's B, the chat room. Yeah, they're saying B. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. What do you think? Oh, I think you're right. There's a a key word there in... Most people, I see some people in the chat room already identified it right off the bat because they are experienced hams and probably extras. But there's a term here, time slots, yep. which is very, very prevalent in a certain mode, as you might be aware of, too, George. Oh, yeah, like uh, DMR? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You always have to put that time slot in in your uh, code plug when you're programming your radio, and there's a very good reason for that. Yeah. And I got some splaining to do on this one, too. Wow, you're just full of splaining tonight, man. Knock it out. I, you, picked, you picked my topic. When I saw the <laughs> second half of these, and uh, 
Tommy asked me to help out, I was all giddy and stuff because the uh, these digital modes, um, like we said, DMR. When you're programming your DMR radios, you gotta put it into uh, slots uh, or uh, so that you're talking on the right slice of time as your transmitter is kind of divvying up those uh, transmissions over time. There's actually usually two different slots on uh, your hotspots, on your radios, HTs, whatever you have DMR, you'll see those time slot one and time slot two. Um, and your code plug, of course, you got to align the frequencies with the um, slot that you're wanting to uh, hit on uh, whatever repeater system or hotspot you're using. So I have actually... Test one, two. D. If you heard the pulsing, each one of those pulses was, like you mentioned, George, alternating between slot one and slot two. I don't know if you've ever noticed when you key up a DMR rig, it negotiates with the repeater or hotspot that timing, right? And then it starts that pulsing in one slot is one stream of data and the other slots another stream of data. That's what I hear coming out the subwoofer in the shack in here <laughs> when I key up too close to my amplifier. Exactly. Yes, it's a very uh, pulsing waveform, and that's that you see the slot one, slot two, slot one, slot two graphic over time. Mm-hmm. So think about the wording here, time division multiplexing. So that's what you're doing. You're splitting up those streams into time slots, and everything's synced up, basically. So, so that the data knows which one to follow. So you're telling me you could have two different people talking on one channel at the same time, on a repeater it. even. Yes. Slot, if you're listening to slot two, you're going to hear that conversation. If you're listening mm-hmm. to slot one, you're going to hear that conversation or vice versa. If you're transmitting and you your code plug is specifying one or the other, mm-hmm. that's where you're going to be. So yes. It's a maximum use of the spectrum, right? You can uh, shove two different things in one repeater. Yeah. Cool. Talk groups. We're using all the techniques at our disposal out there in ham radio. I tell you, some of them we steal from other people. Some of them other people steal from us. But uh, that's kind of the way it works. You know, amateur radios out there experimenting finding new ways to pack more data in there or get a a smaller bandwidth or a longer transmission. And, you know, a lot of the techniques developed with amateur radio have been used commercially and by, well, I suppose by the government as well. All kind of folks and vice versa. Yep. We take telephone modem techniques (laughs) And use them to send data over the air. Exactly. Yeah. Might as well use it while we have it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Well, <laughs> the cell phone companies don't want some of our frequencies, I don't think. Yeah. They, they don't really have anything they could do with HF yet. Thanks for being here tonight and filling in for Dean Martin. I know he appreciates it. And I, 
I was glad to have you do the explaining on these tonight because I was going to have to do an awful lot of study <laughs> to to come out and say something intelligent on all these because this is not stuff that's on the top of my mind. You know, I've, I'm familiar with all these terms. That don't mean I know what they all mean or good enough to explain it. And I'm glad you've been been studying up on this anyway. Uh, anytime. And, and uh, I'm glad to uh, help out Dean Martin whenever I can, because I have been caught one too many times sleeping in class. So maybe this will make up for some of that. I'm going to have a chat with the dean and we'll see. I appreciate we'll, that. We'll professor. see. You know, you're still on a list somewhere. Uh Oh, you know, we're, we'll see if we can go on the files tonight. And maybe it's all written in pencil anyway. Uh-oh. So, so maybe. <laughs> Maybe. You know, just stay cool. That's all I can say, because it's brutal, man. It's oh, yeah. horrendous. If you need to turn that AC on, do it quick. You know, it could have been worse. It could have been like this last weekend for field day. Yeah. It was bad That's... enough, but not... <sighs> yeah. <laughs> and we had we had four, I think it was four stations in the field. And all of us, we all found a tree and brought a pop-up tent, and sometimes that's not good enough. <laughs> no, no. No, it's not. Thanks again, Emil, for dropping in the night and bringing us some generally e-cheap information there. Yes, and we will all try to keep it cheap and keep it cool. Yeah, Tom says, George, go turn on your air conditioner. Good idea, Tom. Seven three. Seven three. got the next question here unfortunately i don't have a generally cheap where did you go oh yeah i know what's going on you need you need one of these when you're using a laptop it works best if you plug it in